Hi there, and welcome to Hiking the Highlands, a podcast dedicated to all things fun and fascinating about the trails in our region of southwestern Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Josh Byers. Throughout this series, we'll be exploring not only the great outdoors, but the people connected to the pathways in the Laurel Highlands. So lace up your hiking boots. Let's go. How's everybody doing? We're here today on the Path of the Flood Trail, and I'm with none other than Executive Director of the Cambria County Conservation Recreation Authority, Cliff Kittner. How are you doing today, sir? Good. Thank you very much, Josh. Oh, it's good to hear. I'm glad we were able to set this up and actually get out for a morning hike. It's beautiful today. Yeah, perfect morning for it. Could have done a better job picking it myself. I know. Well, you did. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's about 65 degrees, sunny, blue skies. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing more I appreciate on a trail than a lot of tree coverage. <laughs> I agree with you there. So can you, uh, you know, tell us about the Triple CRA? You know, I know you guys um, are in charge of quite a few trails in the county. And what all does that involve? Sure. Um, the organization was created back in 1994, and um, Triple CRA does basically two things. Um, it does mine reclamation, um, and it does uh, we build trails uh, for the community to enjoy. Um, so with regards to the trails, we own and manage three different trails, the Ghost Down Trail mm-hmm. in Cambria County, um, the Path of the Flood Trail, and the Jim Mayer Rivers Walk Trail. So those are the tr- three trails that we own and manage, and we're expanding those trails and those trail systems and um, constantly working at it every day and uh, <laughs> just trying to give more opportunities to the community and to the little towns that we go through with those trails and uh, gives them more opportunities and the more trails we build, the more people want to come and see those trails too. Absolutely. One of the things we we had two of them designated, and the third one got designated two years ago. Now, uh, all three of our trails are national recreation trails too. Oh, really? I so didn't know that. Yeah. So they're on the national recreation trail oh, wow. database. So people come from all over the country with the two C national recreation trails, and that's um, fantastic. And we have been able to get the designation for all three of our trails. So. Okay, and these are all rail trails, right? They're old railroad lines that came through, that have been turned into, um, you know, recreation opportunities for the community, right? Um, I'm going to say yes and no. Like the Ghost Town Trail is all old rail trail. Okay. And the Jim Mayer Trail, for the most part, is as well. But as we expand the trails. It's not always on rail lines. I got For example, the Jim Mayer Trail extends in in through Sandyvale, and that was just a trail that was built. Right. Okay. Um, But also here, if you if you think about the top of the trail that we just opened uh, last year, the two mile section up in in the where we reclaimed the Steinman Boney Pile, Mm -hmm. uh, that's all through the woods and through the hills and with the terrain that we had to work with. Okay. And when you're dealing with a event like the path of the flood, mm-hmm. it 
it was, it didn't go necessarily down the rail line it went down the river yeah <laughs> so you got to build the trail wherever you can build the trail i was thinking about that. do that whole path of the flood yeah i was thinking about that you know my mind's been a buzz you know preparing for this interview and trying to figure out um you know interesting points to cover while we're out here mm-hmm. and I know that I believe it's on our left is the Little Connemaw River. That's correct. right. That's correct. So, and the the path of the flood got its name from the flood of 1889, which unfortunately wiped out a majority of Johnstown, starting at the uh, the old uh, South Fork Hunting and Fishing Club, where the dam broke in the end of May. Right? It was right before Memorial Day. That is correct. And that's why we do the Path of the Flood Historic Races, right. uh, the Memorial Day weekend, because it's always closest to the anniversary of that event. So it's, okay. it's not just a Path of the Flood Historic Races, it's a memorial event for for what happened on on that day. Okay. Well, that's a nice tribute to the people who, right. who perished during that unfortunate event. Yeah, it's kind of cool because the National Park Service will do a memorial. They'll have... That's right. They do the lanterns on the the remaining breast of the dam, correct. right? That's correct. So it's all like part of a a um, memorial celebration that weekend. All right. And do you know how long the Path of the Flood Trail has been here? How long it's been here? Yeah. Um, it's been quite a number of years. I don't know when the first section was built. Okay. Um, but you know, we keep adding to it. Like the Coy McCombie Link, we're we're going to come up on. Um, that was built back in uh, about 2014. Okay. Uh, that section, and that was a that was a big section. And uh, Steve Coy and Rob McCombe came out and kind of just built a path so we could make this connection from uh, the old trolley line to the Staple Bend Tunnel. Oh, I never knew uh, that. Yeah. Okay. Is that where we're coming up here? There's um like a gate on our That's left. Correct. Okay. I was telling Cliff here before we started recording that uh, I'd actually, I'd been on the Path of the Flood Trail back uh, from the Ehrenfeld side and from the Mineral Point side, but I'd just been on the Franklin side where we started today uh, about two weeks ago, three weeks ago with a friend. And I'll tell you what, there's not a bad starting point on this path at all. And those are the three trailheads, right? Uh, Franklin, South Fork, and Mineral Point. No, we've added a couple um, so you have Ehrenfeld, you have Fiffick Town, you okay. have, um, up at Steinman off of Regers Hill Road, one on Maple Street. Um, you get, there's actually one in Ehrenfeld, and we're trying to make a connection. We've got a runner from Ehrenfeld to Fiffick Town. Um, okay. So that you could just park at the ball fields there. Florida. So you can just park at the ball field there and jump on the trail and head this way or uh, things like that so as we expand the trails then we're uh, adding more and more trailheads so you can have just more accessibility just more accessibility okay that's pretty cool all right and i figure we'll probably head out to uh the staple bend tunnel sure seems like a good point to to stop talk a little history about uh about this trail and everything involved and is that about two miles from where we started today out to the tunnel is about 1.6 okay Okay. Right, so that's pretty manageable. And I mean, so far, there's a slight grade going up the hill, but I mean, this is pretty easy walking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it'll change a little bit once we get on the McCombie Lane. Yeah. But that's, and again, that's part of what we had talked about before. There's just sometimes you have to um, 
get from point A to point B, and it's yeah. not always the easiest way, yeah. but it's the way the train goes, and not all trails are flat rail trails, and uh, that's one of the beauty, beautiful things about this trail. And we've had, with the Steinman section, that two-mile section we just built, mm-hmm. there's a lot of hills on that one, but I've had a, there's a lot of beautiful views up on that section. I don't think I've been to that part uh, yet. It's, it's it's absolutely gorgeous, and I've seen a lot of posts on Facebook where it's their new favorite section of trail. Really? So, yeah. So it's that's got to make you feel good knowing that people appreciate what you're doing. Well, when you're when you're building it, and you're like, oh man, that's a steep hill, and then but people then people really appreciate it because not everybody wants just a flat trail. Mm-hmm. And then if you have the hills and things, let's say you're a runner or a biker or trying to get some exercise, you know, it's a little bit different of a workout than just going and walking flat absolutely and and that actually brings up an interesting point you know these aren't single-use trails correct right all the trails the triple cra kind of manages you can run you can walk you can bike and then i believe there's a section of the ghost town trail that is groomed in the winter for cross-country skiing right that is correct yeah we have a gentleman that comes out and we have a groomer that was donated to us and uh, he'll come out and groom it uh, on a regular basis for us when the conditions are right and mm-hmm. this past winter we the conditions were right a lot yeah <laughs> uh, so he was grooming a lot and so i mean we what we're one of the things we're seeing a lot more is more and more winter use whether it be mm-hmm. snowshoeing um if you're a runner like a lot of people will go run on the beach for a better workout yeah try and run in six, oh. six inches of snow or a <laughs> foot of snow it's a heck of a workout oh i know we uh my wife and i uh, you know Allie, right yeah she yes um she and I went out on January 1st for a first day hike, and we went from uh, one of the Nanny Glow sections. Oh, Cliff is cleaning up the trail. See, your work never ends, huh? What, what's this like, you know, trying to keep up with trail maintenance? I mean, you guys own how many miles of trail? Uh, we are up to 46 active miles. Wow. Um, and we're, you know, as we continue to grow, then obviously that, that continues to grow as well. But we own another 11 miles currently that we're in the process of developing okay. as well. So. But, but yeah, we went out on, uh, on January 1st and we went down to uh, one of the Nanny Glow trailheads on the Ghost Town Trail and headed towards Evansburg. It was one of those days where there was about eight inches of snow and a crust of ice on top. So it was like every step you were yep. stuck. Yep. <laughs> and, it, I mean, it's, and that's one thing about the trails, and especially in our area, you know, we have the hills, we have the views. Oh yeah. You know, if you go run on the beach, it's the same view no yep. matter where you go. But here, not only do you have the views and the hillsides, but every time you come out, it can be different, mm-hmm. whether it be vegetation growth, whether it be the fall, whether you have a dusting of snow, whether you have a foot of snow, the views are literally different every time you come out. And, and I, I can attest to that. I have hiked <laughs> many of the trails in this area, and it, you're right. It is just always gorgeous. In fact, one of my favorite views is on this trail we're on now coming from, I guess it's the Ehrenfeld. I kept saying yep. South Fork earlier, but it's the Ehrenfeld trailhead I'm thinking of. And when you head downhill towards Mineral Point, right. you just get this gorgeous look at the Connemaw River on your left. Yeah. And though it's loud, you also get um, 
every now and again a sight of a train yeah. passing because is it Norfolk Southern still owns a line there? Yeah, that, they do. Okay. And then you have the Connemal Viaduct that's right there. We got oh, a lot yeah. of people to go out there and take pictures and you know, what little unknown fact, but South Fork is one of the busiest places for train enthusiasts, if not the busiest in, oh, wow. in the country. People come from all over the place to take pictures of trains in South Fork. Um, because you do have the trains every 15 minutes or so. Right. Um, so you, any, all those train enthusiasts can get their photos, and I've seen them out there with their tripods and <laughs> from all over the country. Maybe even from Kentucky. I don't know. I don't, yeah, that's, he's referencing uh, whenever we pulled in today, there was a, a car here with a Kentucky license plate, I guess. They're, they're out enjoying the trails, and that just is another um, you know example of how people from all over come to Cambria County for the recreation options, right? That is correct. Yeah, and we've seen people from, uh, I mean, I could give you all kinds of examples, um, but the one, one of the coolest examples that I ever ran into, um, we were, I was up at the Evansburg Trailhead on the Ghost Town Trail, and I saw a camper there. Okay. So I decided to pull into the parking lot, and the camper said New Mexico okay. on it. And so I walked up and knocked on the camper door, <laughs> and it, the door was answered. And I said, it, it, I, you know, I introduced myself, and, yeah. and I said, are you guys seriously from New Mexico? And they said, yes, we are. Oh, wow. And they said, we travel all over the country going to National Recreation Trails, and we're here to do the... <laughs> the uh, Ghost Town Trail, and they named a couple other trails and so forth. And I talked to them about the path of the flood, and they, that wasn't on their list of things to do. And I said, well, I hate to see you come the whole way from <laughs> New Mexico and not go see the world's or the country's oldest railroad tunnel. Oh, yes. And so they said, okay, well, maybe we'll go do that. And I gave them my card, and then they emailed me later and said, I am so glad you made us do that. And, <laughs> you know, it was well worth the trip and well worth the visit and, you know, so on and so forth. But they did make a remark, and I'm going to toot our horn a little bit. Go the for Ghost it. The Town Trail was one of the best, if not the best, National Recreation Trail that they were ever on. That's fantastic so, to hear. And the gentleman also told me that he builds rail trails okay. to where he was from. He was originally from Colorado, and now they he's retired and they live in New Mexico. Okay. So I thought that was pretty cool that, that somebody is. that builds trails would make that uh, compliment about what we're doing here in Cambria County. That, that's a, that is a heck of a compliment. <laughs> that's, that's impressive. Well, you also bring up an interesting point here about the Staple Bend Tunnel. You know, I mentioned it earlier. You said it's about a mile and a half out from where we started in franklin and um like you said very interestingly it's the as far as anybody knows right the oldest railroad tunnel in the country that's correct right and i mean first, it's first in one ever built okay it's in pristine condition I, mean, I know it was closed for a time um but now it's open for you to walk through you can uh, really appreciate the architecture on either side or um, you know, get a get a glimpse at what rail traffic looked like 100 years ago, that's, or more actually. Every time I see structures like the the tunnel or the bridges that they build along the rail lines, because you know. Speaking of rails, rail there's line. a train passing <laughs> beside us now. <laughs> so if you 
build a rail line in Cam- Cambria County, mm-hmm. in, or any anywhere in Western Pennsylvania, it has to be fairly flat. Right. So the amount of fill that they had to bring in to bring it up to grade, or the, the bridges they had to build, and the cut stone, and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes I would just love to, you know, do the Back to the Future thing <laughs> and get a time machine and just go watch them do it. And, you know, cool. I would love to watch them build this tunnel. I'd love to watch them build some of these bridges that are along our rail lines. Well, so especially forth. like it's you said, neat. you had yeah. mentioned the uh, viaduct, mm-hmm. which is a feat in and of itself yeah. to see that thing still standing, yeah. just cut stone, stacked on cut stone. <laughs> and they build it right. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, the, the path of the flood trail was part of the old uh, mainline canal. It is part of the old mainline canal. And... Um, that's why it's a, another reason why it's important to, to make these connections because we're trying to build um, there's efforts to build the mainline canal greenway oh really from pittsburgh to harrisburg and uh, the jim mayor is part of it okay and path of the flood is part of that as well okay so we go out and the, the goal would be for the main line to go out and hit all the little towns like um Portage, Lily, mm-hmm. Crescent, and, and head out that way. Um, and it is part of the 9-11 Memorial Trail as well. And we're looking at different different ways of doing it um, in the short term and in the long term. Okay. Um, for example, we were out of Portage the other day, and there was a study done on the Mainline Canal. And they're starting to build trail where they can build trail and say, hey, come connect to me. Well, that's awesome. Um, and then if you get to Mineral Point, there is a trolley line called the Salt Lake Trolley Line. Okay. Um, and we're looking at building a, the trail from Mineral Point back to Nantiglo. We'd go back into Nantiglo. Oh, wow. So that's about an eight-mile section of trail there um, that we're looking to acquire easements for and work on building that section as well. And a majority of the work, the way you guys get these trails built, is through grant. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Um, a lot of the grant funding I'll give give you this example comes from the Department of Conservation and Natural Resources, mm-hmm. um, DCNR, and you know they have a lofty goal of having a trail within a mile of everybody's back door. That so is a lofty leave, goal. Yeah. And Pennsylvania is one of the. I want to say first or second in amount of trail in the state um, of all the states and really yeah so oh. it, it, it may be lofty goals but it is realistic. it's pretty feasible yeah right and you know it's it's like what our goal is we want to provide recreational opportunities and you know to be honest with you this is free recreation mm-hmm. you know they get they don't nobody has to pay to come and use a trail there's no turnstile you have to plug a a meter or anything like that so you know we get the grant funding that if we don't get it it's going to go somewhere else you know there's earmarks for recreation so we go after that money and then people get to enjoy something like this for free and you know it's a great wellness opportunity and it doesn't matter heck we could sit in one of the benches that we walk by and just enjoy nature and Mm -hmm. you know instead of sitting and watching phones or tvs and those kind of things to just get out and enjoy the 
what nature has to offer. Absolutely. And I mean, that's, that's kind of what I'm aiming at with this podcast. Is, you know, I want to bring the, the recreation opportunities, especially the trails specifically, since the title of the show is Hiking the Highlands. Uh, <laughs> but I, I want people, more people, to know that Cambria County, especially, uh, you know, since that's where we're based, is a, a, a trail destination. But there, I mean, there's just, there's so many opportunities around here for people to get out and enjoy nature. I, you know, I really appreciate you being on the podcast here. Uh, as soon as I came up with this idea, I figured there's nobody better to kick off you know, this series than you since you're so involved. And uh, actually, this is a great chance for you to kind of provide the people with a background. How did you end up as the executive director of the Triple CRA? Oh, my. Um, I've been in the recreation business for, well, it's going on 30 years now. Um, but, you know, I moved moved to Johnstown when I graduated from college and back in 1992 and got a job at the, the Johnstown YMCA. Okay. Um, the city of Johnstown was looking to hire a recreation director and I applied for it and I did that for almost 12 years. Oh, wow. Um, and then, you know, I, after my time with the city, I went up and became the activities coordinator at the Lutheran home of Johnstown. Mm-hmm. And then um, the director that was here before, uh, Dolores Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um, here, we'll pitch this to Oh, yeah. <laughs> Moving sticks again. She was retiring, and I saw the uh, opportunity um, when she was retiring. I, I can remember back in the early 2000s, uh, we were working on building a trail. Okay. Um, the, we were working on extending the Jim Mayer Trail, mm-hmm. and she had asked me for a letter of support on extending the Jim Mayer Trail as the city of Johnstown's recreation director. Okay. And so I gave her a letter of support, and and uh, I helped Sandyvale Memorial Gardens build that trail there, knowing the Jim Mayer Trail was going to connect on to that. Okay. And what so, a beautiful opportunity, yeah. Sandyvale. I, I right. love that place. So, you know, I, I always... I always said to my wife, I, th- I said, I think that would be my dream job to, to be the Triple CRA's executive director. Nice. And then when I saw that uh, that D was retiring, and I obviously sent in my resume, and and the rest is history. I, you know, with my, you know, with my background at that time, it would have been you know 24 years of experience in recreation and so forth. And when a, when did you start? At the, as the executive director? Back in 2015. 15, okay. Yep. So I've been here for almost six and a half years. Now. Okay. And, and where are you originally from? A little town called Lloydsville, Pennsylvania. Lloydsville, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, about 30 minutes north of Carlisle. Okay. So I'm a West Perry High School graduate. So the western portion of Perry County is where the school got its name and you know covers all the western portion of perry county and it's such a rural area that uh, there's not a stoplight in the entire county so really yeah wow um so that, i do believe they put one in over in the marysville side which is closer to harrisburg okay um a few years ago so i think it has one stoplight in the entire county now but <laughs> when i was living there it was one of two counties in the state of pennsylvania that and bucks county that didn't have a stoplight so wow. That's how rural it is, all farmland. And so <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So does that mean you roots. you felt a little more at home over here in Cambria County? You know, we're more or less rural. <laughs> well, and it's it, it, and, and the answer is yes. I mean, it's when I first moved to Johnstown, that was a big city to me. Really? You know, because I, I mean, my town I grew up in had 1,200 people. So, you know. Okay. And. It's, that was big city living, so I, that took a little bit of getting used to. And, yep. And, um, but, you know, obviously I got used to it. And well, I'm glad you stuck been around. Here, <laughs> yeah, I would have been here for all these years if, if it wasn't a great place to, to live. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's so refreshing to see the area continuing to build upon trying trying to get the words right here you're gonna have to forgive me i'm starting to run out of breath (laughs) there's a few more hills on this trail than i thought there were (laughs) but um you know there's just more and more (laughs) i want to say opportunities again it seems like that's the theme of this this uh episode um you know whenever i was a kid i've lived here all my life um johnstown was pretty run down you know I can remember driving through downtown area and there wasn't a single store <laughs> open yeah. at all anywhere. Very few businesses. And now it's fantastic, at least for my opinion, to see life being, being breathed back into the city, back into the area. It seems like everybody's kind of on the same page in which direction they want to head. And, and it's... It started to get that way a few years ago. I mean, it's a breath of fresh air because even what we did yesterday, we were out uh, in Ferndale to celebrate the the opening of the bike lanes going through on 403 into the city. Okay. And it's four, four miles of bike lanes. So people are, everybody's starting to get it. Everybody's working together. And it's it makes jobs easier when people are all are, are all mm-hmm. on the same page and that that's mm-hmm. really honestly seems to be what's going on now is everybody's getting on the same page and we're all able to work together um no matter who it is and everybody's making that those steps forward and just working together and making our community a better place to live that's fantastic to hear and so we're coming up here on the staple bend tunnel so what are these um i don't know they look like pieces of railroad tire or something every probably 35 feet or so yeah because we're on a hillside now we are now on the national park service property okay so for the next two miles um, this is the national park for the for the stable bend tunnel um and when they built this section however many years ago they put these they're not they're basically cement railroad ties i guess is the best best way to put it mm-hmm. but it's just to help with erosion okay so when you have a hillside like this it's pretty steep <laughs> the, the trail and the water will rush down through here and to be honest with you a couple weeks ago you know i was out here running and the water had come down and had a gully the whole way down through here really so if these things weren't here it would have been a million times worse okay so you know the just helps block the water and diverse the water to different locations and helps with runoff. And you had said uh, earlier that you use this path quite a few times a week, right? Yeah, it's like 
three quarters of a mile from my house or so. Okay. So I'm out here, you know, when I'm doing my trainings and my runs and so forth, I I use this trail two or three two or three times a week. Okay. Just to run on. And the view you're getting as you're coming up this hill is I'm at a loss for words here because <laughs> well just I'm a fan of architecture, right? Mm -hmm. So being able to look at this tunnel with almost Roman-esque columns on uh, the sides and you can see the cut stone retaining walls beside those. It's just amazing to see a piece of history has lasted this long. And I know it's been really well taken care of. Yeah, there's no doubt. And the National Park Service takes a lot of pride in, in what they do and so forth. And they do a great job keeping this working for us to enjoy. I think I came out a couple of years ago. Uh, the National Park Service had a heritage hike. We started over Mineral Point. We hiked to the tunnel and then back. And I remember uh, park ranger Doug Bosley talking about some of the sure. etchings that are on the outside of the tunnel here, especially those at the top. Uh, one reads JJLBPM. And apparently that is 100-year-old graffiti. Wow. <laughs> Somebody back in the day had actually climbed up there and carved their initials in whenever this was an active rail line. That's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. And another interesting thing I always thought was or I always found fascinating about this is that, uh, you know, before modern trains we know of, there were, there were two lines that ran through because I don't know the dimensions, but I know the, the train cars during the, the canal days were only eight feet wide right, or something a lot smaller <laughs> yeah <laughs> and if i am correct which i think i am i remember doug also telling a story about um late 1800s maybe at night they used to park train cars in the tunnel so you know they get some cover you know and there was a car full of bacon and whiskey <laughs> and as another train passed it going through the tunnel a spark flew up and ignited the whiskey and all of that cargo just exploded in the tunnel that is actually extremely interesting yeah <laughs> i wonder if the people were eating the bacon then <laughs> <laughs> whiskey soaked bacon ready to go cooked and everything yeah. <laughs> i think one of the cool things every time i'm out here like whether you come out on the other side and you see the snow cover i've, I've gotten a couple pictures when i'm running you know facing out of the tunnel with the snow cover on the trees oh, yeah. and all that kind of stuff and those are some of the most liked pictures that i get on facebook whenever i post okay. those and you know i've come out here and there's been a fog coming out of the tunnel really and what it was because of the temperature change from it was 90 degrees out here and it's always in the 50s yeah in there and the conditions were perfect. It was a cool mist mm -hmm. coming out. So when I was running and running through the tunnel. I bet that's tunnel, refreshing. <laughs> it was very refreshing. And it was on both sides of the tunnel, which was really neat, too. Mm -hmm. So when I came back, it ran right through the mist as well. Nice. So, yeah, it was cool. All right, everybody. I think it's about time we take a break. We'll be right back.
Okay, we're back after a much needed water break. Uh, well, maybe not much needed. <laughs> maybe for you. Yeah. <laughs> I do need to get out hiking more. It's, uh, <laughs> it's been a while. But uh, I figured we could move on to, you know, future projects involving uh, the Path of the Flood Trail. I know that you guys are planning to connect this part of the trail out to the old South Fork Dam. Uh, and that's correct. And we just um, were able to acquire a property up by the breast of the dam. Um, it's about a five-acre property. And it'll come off of Amsite Road, which is off of Rager's Hill Road, mm -hmm. uh, right at Lamb's Bridge at the bottom of Rager's Hill Road. That will give us the opportunity to build it right to the breast of the dam. Wow. And we recently got a, a $25,000 award. And I, when I say we, um, I've been working with the National Park Service because we're going into National Park Service property mm -hmm. up there. There are friends of the park plot for that grant mm -hmm. um, as we applied for a Department of Community and Economic Development grant through uh, Senator Langerholk's office. And so we're hoping those two match each other enough to uh, finish building up to the breast of the dam. And even further, because what we want to try and do as we get into the breast of the dam, uh, make a path up to the south abutment of the dam part the parking lot that's up there mm -hmm. um so then whenever you go up there and park you just walk down the path and and you head the 14 miles down to the stone bridge in in johnstown wow and so from here you you know we're heading away from the stable bend tunnel now actually following the path of the flood and um you know, you'll go through Franklin Borough mm -hmm. and then uh, across the um, Sergeant Michael Strength Bridge into Woodville, right? That's, that's correct. Yeah, so we have an off, there's an off-road route that the Cottonball Valley Conservancy owns and manages right now um, in the upper Woodville section of okay. Johnstown. And then, you know, we're looking at connecting it all through the Johnstown Urban Connectivity uh, program and using sharrows and uh, bike lanes and that coming in from that side as well coming down um, the rest of Maple Avenue and and uh, coming down Washington Street and going down to the um, to the PNG Park okay. which is right at the Stone Bridge. And how long in total you know will this the path of the trail be? Well, currently it's about 13.86 miles so it's going to be a hair over 14 miles when when we have it complete and it's hard to gauge exactly because mm -hmm. uh the train that we're going through until we actually build the trail itself it's it's like this train that we're coming up on here at the Coimacombe like it's up and down and mm -hmm. you know until we actually get in there and build it we'll have that little bit of difficulty knowing right. the exact mileage but once we get it then we'll we'll measure the whole thing and you know we we have a lofty goal and i i if you notice like on the ghost town trail if you start at, at mile zero and you start heading uh, towards Edmondsburg, you'll see mile one mile two mile yep. three mile four well we've never done that you don't see them on the path of the flood oh i guess you don't the reasoning is because we don't have it built at the start okay <laughs> so i, I don't want to put mileage markers right up until uh, i know exactly where the trail is going to start and when we, you know and where exactly mile one is mile two is and you know we're working on an effort to um come up with ideas on how to design the mile markers because i would like each mile marker to you know as you see the 
history pieces of the path of the flood mm -hmm. along the stable bend tunnel and tells a little bit of history i want each mile marker you know we'll go to mile one if you want to stop and read a little piece of history of what happened you know in that location and mm -hmm. you know a little bit about the town or wherever we're at um just tell the history of the path of the flood as we're as we're going down the, the trail the 14 miles that sounds like a fantastic plan you know, it sounds like you guys have a pretty clear vision for what you want and, and the means, hopefully, <laughs> to, to make it happen. Well, there's always means to make it happen. You yeah. just got to <laughs> just got to get just got to keep like we said, we, we got people now that are willing to put their foot forward and just keep moving forward. Yeah. And if you ask for a hundred thousand dollar grant, you get twenty five. OK, let's regroup hey. and figure out how to do the rest of it. Yep. And, you know, and we had the, the Doom and Lake Trail we built. We had a company that was able to build, it's about a two-mile section up there, too. He was able to build 1.3 miles, but his equipment's too big, and the ground got too soft, so we ended up getting about 20 volunteers with with small excavators and pickaxes and everything else and little tractors and everything, everything like that and got a group of people together and built the rest of the trail, you know? So and that's just those the, kind of efforts, and, you know, one way or the other, we just keep... Moving just keep forward, plugging away and, you know <laughs> and and you're referencing uh Duman lake park that's uh, managed by the county is now connected to the ghost town trail that well technically it's almost connected huh? almost connected okay <laughs> there's a bridge there's a bridge where we have to redo and to bring up to uh use using capabilities it's okay. there um a couple of the pieces of of the bridge have uh are not there anymore um and we we got a, a little worse there. for, for we got, where <laughs> we got two grants um from two different uh, community foundation uh grant initiatives and we now have thirty-two thousand to do redo that bridge wow um we're looking to work with the center for metal arts um to make it a showpiece bridge and tell the history of steel making in the oh, area that would be so cool um but they cannot work on it until october and we have a marathon coming up in october so we're looking at going out um i actually have a meeting tomorrow morning uh with a with a company to look at the um the bridge and see if we can even just get a couple pieces of metal to, mm -hmm. put, to put on it just kind of like make it usable it. yeah yeah to make it usable until we can actually go in and let the center for metal arch reconstruct that's awesome so we just want to be able to cross it yeah you know, for, and then once we're able to cross it um we have 0.3 miles yet to get back to the cni extension it's old rail line and so forth but no different than what the 20 volunteers that came out and <laughs> You know, built the last seven tenths of a mile to the bridge, and I've already. Well, I spent a lot of yesterday doing, and gathering up people, and okay, we're ready to start moving forward with this section, and gather up the volunteers again to start building. And start going that section too. Okay. So hopefully, within a month or so, we'll have it connected. Okay. All right. And speaking of connections, um, do you have any kind of timeline on uh, when the path of the flood might be connected to the South Fork Dam? So, when you're dealing with grants and granting opportunities, 
that's always a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's the best way to uh, to answer that. Um, Morning, guys. So by the time you get the grant submitted, and you know, even with that's one of the things we've learned this past year with the the pandemic and everything else mm -hmm. everybody's behind mm -hmm. so the granting announcements aren't coming out in a normal time and gotcha. so on and so forth because like we have six hundred thirty-two thousand dollars to extend the loop of the of the ghost town trail to right. to work on closing that gap and that'll be the and first continuously looping rail trail in the eastern part of the u.s all right so it, it would be the second looped rail trail in the country oh wow we say in the eastern united states because it's easy yeah <laughs> but in in all actuality the only other one is in oregon so if it's east from the eastern side of oregon yeah. it's the only it would be the only loop rail trail <laughs> that's quite a bit of land there <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's pretty significant to have a, a, a loop like 32 miles right and, and that's another destination thing for that's very unique to cambria county like the oldest railroad tunnel mm -hmm. you know we'd have the early loop rail trail and that'll go from the revlock spur and Correct. it'll head towards um Nantiglo. which by the way yeah uh from if you're heading from evansburg towards nannyglo there's the the revlock spur and then that'll be completed towards nannyglo to make that that loop so we will get within 1.5 miles of finishing the loop with this 632,000. Wow. Okay. So there's still a couple things that there's an underpass, like a box culvert we have to put in. So we're, we, we get into big ticket items. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't want to get too excited yet, but um, oh. I'm, I'm hearing, and it, it, there's a cost. It, it's we, we have it estimated about 2.8 to 3 million to build that last 1.5. Wow. So it's not. It, there's a couple bridges we want to put back that aren't there anymore, and mm -hmm. um, so that's why it's a it's a small gap, but it's an expensive gap. Right. Um, but we're hearing that there could be um, some money in the pipeline to help us finish it. So hey, that's good you know, news. I'm, I'm, you know, I, my fingers are crossed, my yeah. toes are crossed, and <laughs> dotting all my t's, crossing all my t's, and dotting all my eyes, and hoping and praying that we, you know, we get it and can finish that, but. But we're, and we're also working on, you know, heading out to Loretto, too, um, out to St. Francis, right. connecting on out to St. Francis. It sounds like you guys have your work ahead of you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we keep, uh, <laughs> just keep the foot on the gas and keep keep the momentum, mm -hmm. keep going. And just like with yesterday's event, the, the bike lanes coming through Johnstown, mm -hmm. that's, that's something that's unique now t to the area, just starting. And, you know, we're working on the other side of Johnstown and getting bike lanes put in there and they're going to do some bike lane the bike infrastructure when they're redoing out in front of the hospitals mm -hmm. so pendant has um, really embraced uh, what we're trying to do to make this a walkable bikeable community but you know it's all about as we talked about before it's all about health and wellness mm -hmm. and giving those opportunities you know we want a healthier society and if anything's taught us from the pandemic and it's really showcased what we have here with the trail yep. system and all that. I was out on, I went, took my daughter for a bike ride. She she rode her bike and I ran. I there were so many people on this trail. I thought yeah. we I thought I was on the Beltway in D.C. <laughs> you know, it was awesome. You know, yeah. and then when you see when you walk in here and you see somebody from Kentucky, that's 
you know, you, you know, just validates everything we're trying to do. And, you know, we want people to know what Cambria County has to offer. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I, as we talked about before, I'm not from Cambria County, but I moved here and I stayed here because of the area. And it's a, it's a great place to be. It's a great place to live. And a lot of people don't appreciate what they have here. I was with a, I agree. I was with a buddy of mine. He, he, he now lives in New York. One of my best friends in the whole world. And, you know, he, we, we ran track together in, in college. Mm-hmm. And, well, he's actually the reason why I live in Johnstown. Because he said, why don't you live with me for the summer and do an internship in Johnstown? <laughs> you just never okay, left, huh? I never left. <laughs> Um, but he lives in New York now, and I was trying to got was getting into distance running a few years ago, and I figured, man, I just want to um, see if I can. I always had a goal of running a marathon, but I was a sprinter. Okay. Okay. And I was like, man, I'll, when I when I turn 50, I want to run my marathon. But so about five years ago, you have to start working there. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, can you get me under two hours? for a half marathon so i ran our half marathon our path of the flood mm-hmm. half marathon and he got me to you know he ran it with me i just to run it with me and he he started doing iron man triathlon oh, so he, he could do a marathon or a half marathon in his sleep <laughs> he ate those for know, breakfast kind of, right <laughs> so you know he came out with me and ran it with me and you know kept me at the right pace and all that kind of stuff to get me under the two hours but as we're running down through here, we're coming up on the tunnel. Now, keep in mind, this guy was a Richland High School graduate. Okay. He said, what is this thing? <laughs> and I looked at him, and I'm like, what do you mean, what is this? <laughs> and he goes, and I, you know, I told him, he goes, I didn't even know this was here. And that's just, it. people don't realize what's in their backyard mm-hmm. a lot of times. And, um, and if you don't look or if you don't <laughs> go and if it's you know if maybe you're not into trails or something like that yeah. you don't know that that cool tunnel yep. is right there and then you know he the next day after the event it, you know his family's all in town then his family from here and, there, and we all got everybody out here and we were bike riding the next day down to the tunnel and now everybody could see that's awesome you know what's here but you know that's the way the pandemic was working everybody's coming out and checking out the trails now mm-hmm. because you really couldn't do anything else yeah. you know but you could be socially distant on a trail you could be with your family mm-hmm. so you can bring your family out onto the trail and it's again free you know you don't have to pay a, a, a fee to come out onto the trail and we had so many families out you see kids on bikes with <laughs> training wheels yeah. and you know all that kind of stuff and it, it just became uh, top of mind for a lot of people. And now they know they're starting to learn what's here. And then now you see the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. Now you don't want to not go see it. Well, that, you know, you tell more people, people about it. Exactly. And it's just that word of mouth just to get people out and about. And like you said, really learning to appreciate all of the opportunities that we have here. I know that uh, there's been a recent uh, kind of development about the, the usage of the trails. Yeah, a little while ago, you know, we're getting a lot of wintertime usage on the trails, and we talked about this before, but I was starting to get phone calls like, can we take the running club out onto the trails 
at night or are we going to get in trouble? Because if you think about wintertime and you think about when it gets dark, most people get off work, let's say at 5 o'clock in yep. the evening, and it's dark and then you can't use the trails. But if we're getting all these new trail use users in the wintertime, I don't want to preclude people from using the trails. Mm -hmm. So I started the process of, of and and I know like um, the owner of Hope Cyclery, Jared, yeah. <laughs> Jared Bunk, he, I know he does some excursions where he'll ride some ungodly 24 hours <laughs> straight, you know, so obviously Jeez. if you're riding a bike 24 hours straight, you're going to do it at night. Yeah. So if there's, if there's this kind of stuff going on and we want to have camping mm -hmm. along the trails, we want to um, allow people... We, I had people before ask me, you know, can I just pop a tent along the side of the trail mm -hmm. if I'm and, and if we're going to have all these miles of trail, yep. we need to have these opportunities. I agree. So as we're building these opportunities and all that kind of stuff, it, it made no sense to me that we have dawn until dusk on on the trails. Right. So I started the processes and asking lawyers and insurance companies, you know, do we, is there a reason why we have to have this restriction on the trails, or can we just open it up for 24/7? And there was no reason to keep it dawn until dusk and and or sunrise or sunset. So now you can use the trails anytime you want to with man, that's great any news. Hesitation. So yeah, if you're if you get off work at five o'clock and you want to go out and and go for a run, to, you know you got the headlights, yep. headlamps, and all that kind of stuff for for anybody, hikers, runners, yep. whatever. You can use them at any time. And that is fantastic you can go out news. Group and and just use the trails anytime you want oh. to. Awesome. All right, Cliff. Well, hey, thanks so much for you know, taking a hike with me today and providing some fantastic oh, my, information. My pleasure, always. Any excuse you can get me out on a, to be on a trail, and, you know, I'll be out. Hey, I'm right there with <laughs> you. But, all right, guys, this wraps up our first episode of Hiking the Highlands. Thanks for, thanks for coming with us. Check out the, uh, the next episode coming soon.